This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It is a game of the year this weekend, but it really does raise questions as to who's more likely to actually make it to Vegas. It is Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Chris Carlin. He is Joseph Harrison Fortenbaugh, the fourth. Is that correct? The fourth? That is correct. Okay. That is correct. How are you? I'm good. You're bringing up memories of when we had the fifth and how every nurse in the hospital made it a point to come into the hotel room and wake up everybody seemingly at any hour simply because I've never met a fifth before. And it's wow. like, well, that's great. But now the baby's awake. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> like, well, I got to get back to work. So it's thanks. Welcome to parenthood. What a that's horrible decision with the name. Terrible. Terrible decision, apparently, with that being the fifth. No, I mean, listen, it did have to be a special moment, just as I know every Saturday morning when I sleep in, that's a special moment. It's Carlin versus Joe. We are presented, as I said, by our friends over at Progressive Insurance. Follow us on the socials, as they say, at Joe Fortenbaugh, at Chris Carlin, and at Carlin versus Joe. And by all means, be a part of Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. You know, we were spending some time yesterday talking about the big matchup this weekend between the Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. And the fact that this, in a lot of ways, really could be a Super Bowl preview. But, Joe... As you start to examine how the routes could go for these two teams to get to Vegas, it is amazing how quickly the dynamic has changed. We spent the entire offseason, really the last couple of years, talking about the power, the strength of the AFC versus the NFC. But now, if you really look at the very top, kind of feels like that dynamic has shifted quite a bit toward the NFC. Absolutely. The rise of the Detroit Lions as a formidable opponent in the NFC, that matters. Dallas might not be as good as originally thought of, but, you know, they're feisty to an extent. And then after that, it drops off. The AFC feels like there's more questions than answers. I'm still a big believer in the Kansas City Chiefs. The defense is much better this season. But because they're not blowing everyone out like we're accustomed to, people think something's wrong. I don't think anything's wrong when you're 5-1, and one, right? They're finding ways to get the job done. Uh, I think we've thought Jacksonville, who we'll talk more about throughout the show as they play tonight, I think we figured they might be a little bit more formidable. They're starting to heat up, but no one's really overly sold yet. AFC North was supposed to be stacked. There's problems everywhere. Baltimore stumbled a couple times. No one's buying into Pittsburgh. Quarterback issues in Cleveland. And then with Cincinnati, you got Joe Burrow, the calf injury, and whether or not they're formidable. And then here we go. Bills and Dolphins, right? When you throw in the Rodgers injury, you kind of discount the Jets. So when you're talking about the path, if you acquire a one seed, obviously, you know, you're set. But I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out. It it doesn't feel all that bad to me for Philadelphia because I don't think Dallas is going to be serious enough to challenge them for the division. I feel it's going to be a harder path Miami strictly because they're more likely – to lose out on the division than Philly is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if you're coming in as a wild card team, that's three playoff games on the road at a minimum in order to get to the Super Bowl. Listen, as I look at the Dolphins, they are truly the only team in the AFC that scares me. 
if I'm an opponent. The Kansas City Chiefs don't scare me as much as they used to. And that's not even by virtue of the fact that they're just four and two. Maybe some people feel like they're in cruise control. I five feel and like, one. Huh? Chiefs are five and one. Oh, five and one. Excuse me. Um, maybe that's though, why you don't respect them as much. You don't know anything about them. Well, maybe I just thought they were four and two and you know, <laughs> it would fit my narrative better. Wow. I got to change the whole thing here now. Whole show. Uh, hey, look, Kansas City's winning the Super Bowl. Here's why. Triple H's ESPN. <laughs> I, I still I think it's by virtue of how they've gotten there, though. Yeah. It's by virtue of the fact that they haven't played that great. It's by virtue of the fact that I watched them against the Jets and I'm thoroughly unimpressed. And if I'm being truthful, I do think this is the first year that we look at them. And even though Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and you're going to be there, at least in the AFC championship game in the end. It doesn't scare me to think that they've got weapons that are going to destroy me and that I can't get him to make mistakes. I can get him to make mistakes. At least that looks more realistic now. Who else am I supposed to be afraid of? Like that to me is how I would really manage these expectations. I look in the NFC legitimately. There are three teams I'm afraid of. Yeah, I, I that's fair. If I'm any one of those teams, if I'm the 49ers, the Eagles, or the Lions, I am afraid of those other two. And it's scared off a little bit. In other words, very concerned by what's going on. If I'm the Miami Dolphins, I look around, who's better than us? I, I Listen, I understand what happened in Buffalo. Do I really think the Bills are better than we are? I don't. I really don't, especially now with the injuries that they've had. Do I think that the Ravens are better? Do I think that the Jaguars, the Jaguars don't scare me? Even though I was so high on them, they're not scary right now. So why would I think that the Dolphins' path was more difficult than somebody in the NFC? Okay, this is interesting because you're looking at it, and based on the way we phrased the question, you're looking at it the right way. You know, the external circumstances. Who is Miami going to face? Who is Philadelphia going to face? That makes plenty of sense. I don't disagree with any of your points. I'm still caught up on the internal scenario in terms of how I view the Miami Dolphins. I love what Mike McDaniel has done with this team. I love what they're doing this year. They're more fun to watch than anybody in the NFL. But this weekend is going to show me, are we talking about a schoolyard bully or are we talking about a genuine prize fighter? Because right now, and this isn't to knock the Dolphins, but given the body of work I have to examine this season, it's a little bit more schoolyard bully than it is prize fighter. Congratulations, you beat the Chargers, who doesn't? You beat the Patriots, who doesn't? You smoke the Broncos, who doesn't? You smoke the Giants, who doesn't? You smoke the Panthers, who doesn't, right? Like you're beating up on teams, everyone's beating up on those teams. I don't care if you beat them by 50 or if you beat them by 10. Everybody's beating those teams. I watched you step up in class one time against Buffalo. You got beat by double digits. Okay, I can move that to the side. I don't have to weight that as heavily as I weight everything else. But you got to show me something at some point against elite competition. This is your weekend. You go to Philly, you lose by 10 points here. I'm not coming in on Monday all that thrilled or all that scared about the prospects of the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. Right? Because I've watched you step up and you haven't delivered. Now, you go and get it done now, I can forget about the loss at Buffalo. But I've watched you on the road two times where that offense has struggled a little bit. In New England and in Buffalo. For Philadelphia, I might see some issues, but I also saw them run through the NFC last year, smash their way into the Super Bowl, and come very close to winning that game against Kansas City. So I'd be willing to give Philadelphia far more benefit of the doubt right now, only because I have a bigger body of successful work to work with. Let me ask you this. Based on what you just said and what we were talking about Monday, when we were discussing 
uh, the Cowboys and the Chargers going into that game and after that game. Yeah. And we, in, in essence, said, we can't treat you seriously. Is that where you are with the Dolphins of we're going to find out Sunday if we can treat you seriously? No, I, I, I tr- okay, great I, question. And I know it's different in terms of like their coaches are just right. bumbling at times. I get that. But seriously, are they a serious team? I, I'm going to use the word serious in two different ways. Okay. The way it was used with Dallas and the Chargers was yeah. essentially, should I even bother to consider you at all? Right. right. Like the Chargers lost that game. I'm right back to thinking, like I have been for a while, Chargers aren't even worthy of a playoff spot. Like, Logan Roy, like Logan Roy with his children. Exactly. Like yep. there's no reason for me to believe the Chargers or anything. If Dallas had lost, it would have been confirmation. I don't need to take you seriously. You might get in, but you're not doing anything. If Miami loses to Philly... I'm not going to take them seriously just yet as a Super Bowl contender, but I still do think they're very good, they're improved, and that there's someone to watch in the AFC. So it's different levels of seriousness, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. I'm I'm, going to be very nuanced today. I am going to nuance the you-know-what out of every single conversation. You want to talk pizza money? I might just get so far in the weeds, no one knows what the hell I'm talking about. Well, nothing plays better in sports radio than nuance. Um, (laughs) I, I guess I would say... That as I look at the NFC, and, and I completely buy your different definitions there, I, I really feel like we have three very, very serious teams. And maybe I'm giving Detroit a little too much credit, and we'll get to that in a few minutes, but I feel like they have answered the bell, and after their one loss, they have gone on and really beaten up on opponents. Um, and I have no question that the Eagles, despite the fact that they lost to the Jets the other day, are a serious team, and the same thing with the 49ers. It's, I want the competition level to be at an exceptionally high level in the AFC. I think it's decent right now. Hopefully that increases at the end of the year. I, I want to see championship games, Joe, where you just have two heavyweights duking it out. Yes. Agreed. That's what I want to see. Let me throw this at you quickly regarding the NFC. Uh, Niners, Lions, Eagles have all garnered respect. Cowboys in the conversation. Is there even another team that is worth conversing about because they might get in and could make a little noise? Not to say they're on the same tier, but are we talking about three teams here, Cowboys here, and that's it? Are we discounting everybody else, or is there anyone else even worth mentioning in the NFC? No. Because, like, with the AFC, you have so many of those teams that are like, well, Baltimore could be a problem. Well, Cincinnati could get hot. Well, you know, Jacksonville could turn it around. Well, maybe the Chargers get hot. Maybe the Jets find their way in and Rodgers comes back. All these other teams have, like, little strings of hope. Is there any of that in the NFC outside of the the four we've been mentioning? No. 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 Okay. I, I look at – I mean, we've got other teams. Not buying Atlanta? No. We've, we've got how many t- Minnesota how many could get hot. Uh, let's be. <laughs> I read the sentence this morning. Minnesota's not giving up on the season yet. And I just yeah. thought, oh, oh, God, please do us all a favor. Give up on the season. <laughs> go ahead and give up. Yeah. You can go ahead and give up. Tag the, t- tag the toes, zip the bag. We're good. The odds kind of speak to that, Joe, what you're saying. Like, if you look at the odds in the NFC, like the Lions are, are at 6-1, to one, and the next closest team is the Saints at 25-1. to one. It's a Oof. four-team race in the NFC. Oh, my Whereas God, in the, the AFC, In the AFC, it's the Dolphins at plus 420, and then the next closest team is the Ravens at least 10-1, to one, and you got the Jaguars 12-1. to one. Like, 
like there are teams in the mix. Like the drop off in the odds between the Lions and the Saints just speaks to how the NFC is a four team race. <laughs> Joe at uh, at twenty five to one for the Saints, uh, that's not good value. <laughs> I'm very comfortable I'd rather, saying that. I'd rather not have money than have money and make that bet. That's why I'd rather just not have any money. <laughs> I'd rather gambling just went away altogether yeah. and make that bet. <laughs> like it didn't exist in society anymore. I, I would rather stare at Megabucks at $15 million, and I'd rather stare at it with a $100 bill in my hand and just throw the $100 bill on the ground and walk away <laughs> than I would bet the Saints at 25 to 1 to win anything. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Speaking of heavyweights, we know that we've got Dolphins-Eagles as the main event this Sunday in the NFL, but there is a heck of an undercard matchup that may be just as good. It's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Lions are the best team in the NFC. If not for an overtime loss to Seattle, they'd be unbeaten. I will say the reason why I like the Lions is because they feel battle-tested. I do think they are the NFC's best. You got Jared Goff as a league MVP candidate. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. They're physical. They're rough riders. They got a chip on their shoulders. Got a coach that so supposedly embarrassed himself because he's talking about kneecaps being bitten. And all of a sudden, (laughs) you see they're willing to bite kneecaps for this man. It's a good one, and it's on ESPN Radio this Sunday. Lions-Ravens coverage begins at noon Eastern. Steve Levy, Mike Tannenbaum will have the call. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. This game should not get overlooked. And look, Eagles and Dolphins is going to get the majority of the press leading up to Sunday. But Lions-Ravens is a really good 
undercard, as Joe put it earlier today when we were having this discussion uh, during our production meeting and talking about the idea that the Ravens are just I, I don't want to use the word enigma yet, but Joe, they are entirely too talented for me to have this many doubts or questions about them. And they frankly do it to themselves when they lose games like they did at Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago. And the Indianapolis game in overtime. Oh, my That's God. A, that they was shouldn't brutal. have lost that one either. This is, to Gardner Minshew, for Pete's sake. It, it, the Ravens are always a fascinating team to discuss year in and year out because they're so well coached. John Harbaugh has done an incredible job. Lamar Jackson is a above-average quarterback, right? He's, he's sensational to watch. They generally put a high-quality defense out there, and they've got skill on offense. There's so much there. There's so many boxes that are checked, and you've seen them as a competent franchise for so long that you want to take them seriously, and you do take them seriously. But they just can't get out of their own way in some of these spots. And a playoff run requires a minimum of three wins against quality opposition. And when you see the way they donk off that game against Pittsburgh or they donk off that game against Indianapolis, you can't help but ask yourself, are they capable of stringing together the minimum three games against high-quality opposition in order to win a Super Bowl? I mean, we spent all offseason assessing this team from two different ways. Number one, will the quarterback get paid? They finally did it, all right? No more screwing around with Lamar Jackson. He got paid. On top of that, They went out and they got rid of Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, who was very running back and tight end heavy, and they brought in Todd Monken from the University of Georgia. Monken was supposed to modernize the offense, get the wide receivers more involved, take Lamar Jackson to the next level. They signed Odell Beckham. They draft Zay Flowers. They have a top five offensive line. So here we go. We find ourselves in mid-October last year with Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to use the averages when Lamar didn't play, because I don't think that's fair. In the games Lamar played, the Ravens averaged 23.7 points per game. So far this season, 22.2. They're not scoring more points this year than they did last year. And for anyone who's about to jump out and say, well, small sample or well opposition, they played Houston, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, good Cleveland team, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Nobody hasn't been. It hasn't been all that difficult. So maybe it needs more time, but the offense isn't the new age version that we were led to believe it would be. They've donked off a couple games. They should have won. And ultimately we, it feels like we're staring at the same Ravens team. We're always staring at good. If they get to the playoffs, they could be a problem early, but eventually won't be able to string together the necessary amount of games because they'll just have one of those duds like we've already seen twice this season. Well, you run that that list down, and I'm just thinking, how are they not 6-0? and how, how have they done this to themselves? How have they minimum lost? 5-1. They should be minimum 5-1. and one Minimum. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, I mean, you could take either one of those games and say that they should have won those games between Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. And yet, here's Roquan Smith. Uh, the linebacker for the Ravens, who, of course, got traded there from Chicago last year. So he is more than familiar with the Lions. Here's what he had to say about matching up with Detroit this week. Hey, I just think about it Sunday, you know. Sunday we'll, we'll, be, we'll be ready, so we'll be ready to welcome those guys here. Um, They're playing good ball, but, hey, you know, I'm from the show me business, so got to show me. They still have to prove it to Roquan Smith that okay. they are what they are. 
I, I, you know what? That's fair because the Lions are – this is the first year we've taken them seriously in quite some time. So I get where he's coming from. And to be honest, if I had the pick between this and the Eagle-Dolphin game, I think this game will be better. I think people are going to go into Eagles-Dolphins expecting a 70-point shootout. I don't think you're going to get that. More on that when we talk pizza money tomorrow and some of the bets you can make with these games. But I think this one is going to live up to the billing. These are two teams that are coming in looking to lay wood. And anytime you got two teams looking to lay wood, you know you're going to get a great football game. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be overly competitive. Jared Goff's going to have an opportunity to make some plays in this game and get some people talking about his MVP case. And for the Ravens, you got to go out and win games like this. You're at home. You're welcoming in an opponent. You're a three-point favorite. This is the type of opponent. I should have said this a couple seconds ago. This is the type of opponent that it's a measuring stick game for both. All right, this team is formidable coming into your house this weekend. So we'll see. People will look at the Raven defense and they'll say top three scoring D, top three opponent yards per play. They're one of the best in the business. But again, you're going to be tested because so far you got CJ Stroud in his first ever game. You got an injured Joe Burrow. You got Gardner Minshew. You got Dorian Thompson Robinson, Kenny Pickett, and then a combination of Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis. Those are the quarterbacks you've beaten up on. I'm interested to see what Jared Goff can do compared to those guys against this Baltimore D. Well, if we're being fair, since week one, when the Lions had Mahomes and they, to their credit, went on the road and won, they haven't exactly been playing world beaters at quarterback either. Very true. Geno Smith is probably the best of the entire group that includes Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, um, what's his name, uh, Bryce Young. And uh, of, uh, and last week, Baker Mayfield, who wasn't doing anything. So I am very interested in how they are going to try to stop Lamar Jackson in a game like this. Let's listen to Dan Campbell on that very topic. If I was dreaming about how to stop these guys, he'd be the first one I would think of if I was uh, coming out of a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> he is dangerous. They haven't even had a chance yet to get Justin Fields to even have like a little taste of the mobility this year other than Mahomes in week one. Yeah, and when we talk measuring stick, this is a huge test for Detroit. If you want to be taken seriously in that Philadelphia-San Francisco discussion, you go on the road, you win a game like this, people are going to pay attention. You've won four straight by double digits since you lost at home to Seattle, and you do have a marquee win at Arrowhead on your resume. No one's knocking that. But as my astute colleague just pointed out, eh, the teams you've been beating up on as of late, good. You should you be beating what? them if you're going to be legit. Exactly. But you know what? We just talked about the Ravens, and they've got two losses that they shouldn't have. Yep. This is a team that uh, there was a reason why I really felt like it was important after that Green Bay game for them to go and just absolutely take care of business against Carolina, which is what they did. And the same thing this past week. I trust them more to do that, Joe, than I do the Ravens here. And that's why I'm going to be picking the Lions. I Ooh. trust them more to do that. Well, that's I mean, right. I would imagine this is going to be one of the games in the ESPN Pick'em Challenge. And if it is, well, there's a strong likelihood we get it right because that's what we do on this show. Is we oh, I don't know if anybody knows. From the front. Yeah, exactly. Everybody else, we see everybody else in the rearview mirror. That's what we do. And I don't know, just to make everyone aware, just want to remind you, 14 and 4. Woo! 14 and 4. That sounds illegal. And that a lot sounds of times, illegal. It may be in 12 states. It may be. <laughs> not North I, Dakota. You can go 14 and 4 in North Dakota. They're not going to mind. They are driving you right to the border in South Dakota, though. I tell you what. <laughs> 
You get your ass out of here. Get out of here. Um, and, and for the first time, I will acknowledge a lot of it has to do with Joe. A lot of it. Oh, no, it's Joe. a team effort. It's a team effort. That's nice of you to say, but we it's all know. It's a team effort. We all know. We have a good culture around here. I won't have it. It's uh, I, no, There's no I in team. Okay? This is a team culture around here. That's how we do things. Oh, no I in team. That's interesting. Good segue because some interesting comments from a future Hall of Famer begging the question, is he trying to get out of Dodge? This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. is absolutely unbelievable. It's a big play, so somebody had to make it, so I had to make it. One play, they had three guys accounting for it, and he still caught the football. Doesn't matter if he's double or triple teamed, he'll get open. Listen, it's starting to get a little bit blown up, and I understand why. But it really shouldn't be. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Who am I talking about? Of course, I'm talking about Devontae Adams. He had these comments yesterday at his press conference. Now, keep in mind that Devontae Adams has the Raiders right now sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Nobody would have ever expected him to be at 3-3, three and three, but he, in the last two games, has only been targeted nine times so what do you make of these comments let's take a listen i mean it's a work in progress obviously we're going to continue to work through it but i mean i'm a human being and i have extremely high standards for myself and this offense so it's to me it's not just about you know i'm sure people thinking like you know well they won the game they won the packers game you know why is there an issue i mean you see why it's an issue you you know y'all should know who i am know what i'm about at this point so it's not about you know when when you're a when you're a player like me, mentally, it's, the, my benchmark is not wins and losses. It's greatness. So when I go out there, I expect to be able to have that ability to put that on tape and have the, uh, an influence on the game. And that's, like I say, every week, that's the, my purpose for being here. I'm not here just to hang out and, you know, like I said, come here to hang out with Derek and all of that stuff from last year. Came here to win and to, to do it the right way. So, if I mean, if it don't look like it's supposed to look, then, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be frustrated if I'm not a part of that, that plan. All right, Joseph, your reaction to Devontae Adams' comments, sir? 
<laughs> you could you could go off the deep end with these. I don't think it's necessary, but you anytime you allude to the fact or as explicitly stated as Adams did that it's not about wins and losses and then you transition into your own personal production, it's going to come across as selfish, especially at a position that's long per- perceived to have been the diva position, right? Like Randy Moss, uh, Terrell Owens. It's not to knock these guys, Chad Johnson, but it's a very brash position. It's a position with a lot of swagger, and that's what's necessary to do what those guys do, right? Because they make extraordinary plays look ordinary, with Adams, he's probably trying to convey some point other than it's not about the wins and losses, but that's what comes off. Yeah. And you've just won two games in a row. There shouldn't be frustrations when you're winning. You should just be happy the team's winning if that's what matters most to you. And to him, it seems like I'd rather catch 10 passes for 100 yards and a touchdown and lose than I would catch four passes for 32 yards and no touchdowns and wins. That's what that sounds like to me. Maybe it's not what he meant, but that's what it sounds like. I get it. I understand why it sounds that way. It's not that. I don't believe it's that. I I 100% agree that you can't say it that way. Right. Because you when said you it say out, it you that said the way, quiet part out loud. Yes. When you say it that way, people are immediately going to take it the way you're talking about. I think for Devontae Adams, this is a recognition of the situation. The Raiders are 3 and 3, yes, and nobody would have expected them to be there. But he knows what this is. He knows this is eyewash. He knows this is just a, a complete mirage with what people are seeing at the moment because the Raiders are not going to continue to win at that level without Devontae Adams being Devontae Adams and getting the football as much as he does. Here's the problem. Brian Hoyer? Aiden O'Connell? Even Garoppolo. Like, for Jimmy, you have to give him the football more. Now, he has 39 catches through six games, so it's not like he's not getting the ball. I think he's talking more about maximizing what his skill set is because when you look around, you have to understand that he is the best playmaker on the team, and he knows that. So for us to be great, you need to give the ball to me, and that's not due respect to Keyshawn. That's not give me the damn ball. It's, no, the best way for us to win and and play – play at a higher and more consistent level is for me to have the ball because let's just speak this as to what it is. I'm the best player here on this offense. Yeah. Six and a half receptions per game this season. That's actually up from last year, 5.9. But everything else is down. Yards per reception, yards per game. Touchdowns aren't exactly trending towards topping what he did last year, which was 14. Part of this is probably rooted in the look. Yeah, I want to win games. Yeah, I want to compete for a Super Bowl. But I'm also out there competing with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Tyreek Hill. And those guys are getting all the shine, and they're constantly in the conversation for best receiver in the NFL. I want to be the best receiver in the NFL. But I don't have those quarterbacks getting me the football right now. I don't have Joe Burrow. I don't have Tua Tungavailoa in the Miami offense. I'm not Justin Jefferson, who, yeah, I know he's dinged up, but at least in Minnesota, you're in the dome. You got Kirk Cousins throwing you the football. 
he's he's playing two games here. Most of these guys are playing two games. One is, yeah, we're trying to win Super Bowls, but also I'm trying to define a legacy. I'm trying to go to the Hall of Fame. I'm trying to be the best to ever do it. And Adams has had times where he's been in that conversation. This year, he has not been in that conversation at all. And the problem is that it's not because of him. It's because the team just isn't getting him enough looks to where he can make the plays, put up the stats, and then work his way into the conversation with guys like Tyreek Hill, who, by the way, we did an entire segment yesterday on whether or not Tyreek Hill was the best non-quarterback in the NFL. And you laid out five guys and you made a great case. You never even considered Devontae Adams for that top five, did you? No. No, I didn't. And it's, did not. It, it, it's, it's not even his own fault. It's just what we're right. dealing with here, and I can't, I can't take him seriously when that's what his quarterback situation is at the moment. I, you can't, I just want somebody who's good and serviceable and can get him the ball in spots where he needs to to make big plays. That's all. I, that, it, you don't have to be an amazing quarterback to do that. In terms of the timing of this, we're less than two weeks from the trade deadline. You, do, you, do you read into any of that, the idea that, you know, this is coming out, it's a little bit of frustration, it's not the first time he's expressed frustration, maybe he's just kind of trying to fire a subtle shot of, hey, you know, someone out there who needs a wide receiver, come get me. Yeah. Yeah. Is there something cross, to it? Cross my mind. Mm. I mean, two weeks away? Let me, let me float something out there, fellas. Yeah, winning's not that important. <laughs> I don't think there's like any any way any way the Raiders would do that though. How would I mean the they're Raiders... three and three and you got a coach in front office that oh. really wants to show they're gonna make progress from this year rather than last year. I'll, I'll throw it out there. Diana Rossini, who you and I both know and love, she reported not too long ago that there's some chatter, some chatter in league circles that the seats may be warming up a little bit in Las Vegas. Not sure if it's true. Winning games certainly helps that, but you know, I don't think the organization would be inclined to move him at all because they're in win now mode. Yeah, listen, I think if, if Diana said it, it's pretty accurate. And I would also say that uh, when it comes to that, it, it, there's no chance you can trade away your best player. You need to instead figure out how to accentuate him yep. more in your offense. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Hey, Mark Davis is winning titles, okay? Yeah. He's winning titles, but the Raiders themselves have become irrelevant in America's fastest-growing sports town. We'll explain in moments and also uh, some breaking news. Breaking, your, breaking news? Um, kind of breaking news. Doug Peterson told ESPN's Ed Werder that he expects Trevor Lawrence to start tonight. Against point spread moves. Let's get to the point spreads. Okay. We'll get that for you next. On ESPN Radio. <laughs> this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, it's been a few days since our last pizza money on Monday. Had a nice evening. Four and two, up two units. So overall, the show is 42 wins, 35 defeats, one draw. We are up 2.92 units. Classic pizza money tonight, Thursday night football. We're going to go under 40 and a half points between the Saints and the Jaguars. Interesting note with the spread here. It was Saints minus one. Doug Peterson recently said that he expects Trevor Lawrence to play. Lawrence battling a knee injury. Line jumps up to two and a half. 
in favor of the Saints. What? So it's Saints money, despite the fact that Lawrence is going to play in this game, or at least it looks like he's going to play. I find that to be fascinating. Look, Lawrence isn't going to be 100%. His offensive line isn't 100%. Zay Jones is out for this game. And on the other side, when you look at the Saints, they've been terrible in the red zone this year, and they've got several injuries along the offensive line as well. This feels like a grind. More importantly, it feels like it's going to be U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi, as they say. Under 40 and a half points, pizza money number one, Saints-Jaguars. so much adversity throughout the season and we just kept the main thing the main thing and we came out on top and I, I can't express how proud I am of my teammates they picked me up when I was down we cried together prayed together and now we pop and prayed together the Las Vegas Aces back-to-back WNBA championships it's time for the progressive WNBA snapshot I won't lie it's odd seeing Mark Davis up there and then he starts to dance and that, that's just Joe, that's not going to be good for anybody, as they say. <laughs> the last thing, you know what? It's good to see guys like Mark Davis dancing who who can't dance because I'm one of those guys. And yeah. I like to see my other, my brothers out there. The guys who can't dance, the guys with no rhythm, the guys with no flow. It's good to see that out there because you should have a good time. You should dance like the world isn't watching. And for Mark Davis, enjoy it. That's two titles in a row. He's, he's uh, slowly but surely... continuing his attempt to take over the great city of Las Vegas. Well, so this is what's interesting to me, right? You've got Las Vegas. They're into the aces, clearly. They are absolutely gaga over the Golden Knights. Oh, yeah. And yet, they don't seem to care that much about the Raiders. And I'm wondering what the dynamic is here. Does it have to do with just the Raiders being some other town's team that happened to float in? Like, explain to me exactly how this plays out as a as a sports town for Vegas and what the dynamics are with these teams. There's a variety of factors. With the Knights, and, and there's nothing in this town that's more beloved than the Knights because they came to town, they were the first, the first pro franchise that landed in Vegas. So everybody here was going to embrace them. That's number one. Number two, they were very smart with their marketing, with their branding. They used the hashtag Vegas Born. They wanted to make it very clear that while some other teams may relocate here, we're yours. We were born here. Mm-hmm. Then there was the October massacre that happened at Mandalay Bay. I won't go too into detail with that, but the, the team really stepped up and rallied the community in the wake of that. That was very important. That gets lost uh, to the outside world when it comes to Vegas's or the Knights' importance to Vegas. Mm-hmm. People look at how successful they've been and how they were the first team, but they don't realize how much community outreach there has been on behalf of this team. So they are beloved. Then they've gone on to win, and they've won a Stanley Cup. So everything, all the way around, this team, the license plates, the stickers, everyone in this town knows when they're playing. Everyone comments on it. And I'm not talking about, like, hardcore hockey dudes. I'm talking everyone. Moms, dads, kids. Everybody knows it. In addition to that, and I think this is a key factor, all of us have our hockey teams, but it's easy to, it's easier to give up on your hockey team. Like, I still root for the Flyers, but, you know, they haven't shown me a whole lot in a while, so it's easy to go ahead and root for the Knights. It's hockey. With football, and this is one of the problems for the Raiders, people aren't giving up their football teams. If you're here and you're a Bears fan, you're a Bears fan. It doesn't matter that the Raiders play here. You'll go see the Raiders play 
when the Bears are in town. So people here will go to football games, but if you weren't an original Raider fan to begin with, you're not really converting to being a Raider fan because you already have your team. And then compounding the issue, they don't win. And if there's one thing this town loves, it's a winner. So until Vegas starts winning as a football team, I don't know how much buy-in you're going to get. People go to, the, go, to the, go to the games, but you don't have nearly the same type of community buzz around the football team that you do the hockey team. It's not even close. All right, so what about the Aces and how they fit in there? It's a similar type thing with the Knights because they are a Vegas-born team. Yeah, the, the, the Aces are loved. My kids go to a school where when the Aces are in the playoffs, um, you get an email from the administration saying, you know, on Friday, wear your Aces gear. Like, there's stuff like that. Like, yeah. they, they wear uniforms to school, so it's wear your Aces gear. It's a fun Friday, all that stuff. I'm not going to get into all that. But obviously, like, it's embraced. It's a team that's from here. Um, not to the level of the Knights because the WNBA, not as popular as the NHL here. But outside of that, that team is loved. People talk about that team. They understand the fact that they're in the playoffs. They understand the fact that they're competing for championships. They don't, there's, there's no ill will or hatred. If you're not into the sport, you're not into the sport. But if you are, you believe in that team. You support that team. See, this is interesting to me because it, from the outside, first of all, as somebody that lives on the East Coast, you don't ever consider that anybody's from Las Vegas, right? <laughs> you really don't. I mean, you, you've been an East Coaster. You understand what that is. Like, it's yeah. just, hey, it's the place you go and you visit and you view it as somewhat of a transient town. But at the same time, when that's the case, you wonder if you have a team coming in like the Raiders, if they would have been more embraced like that because it, it just seems that a lot of people who are from Vegas now, identify that way now, would have been from somewhere else. But I guess those generations are building up from actually being there and taking pride in the fact that they are finally getting sports teams. Right? As we know, it just used to be the place where you could just go and bet on sports yeah. as opposed to you know actually seeing professional teams. And now we have the A's coming in, and I'm just wondering if that's... No, 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 no. no. Keep the A's out. I- I'm a strong opponent of the A's. I don't want the A's here. The A's are a joke. Does Vegas want the A's there? I don't think so. I think the, the, the town has talked about it, but the more people pay attention, because a lot of people aren't familiar with the A's. They're not familiar yeah. with the organization. They just they know they're a baseball team. So once there was the rumor that they might be moving here, people start looking into it. And of course, the initial reaction is great. We'd love to have the baseball team. That would be awesome. You start to look at how John Fisher and the A's do business. You don't want the A's here. The A's yeah. are losers. And again, like I said, this town is about winners. Vegas loves a winner. They don't want the A's coming here taking public money to win 45 games a year as they tank and make money off of revenue sharing. John Fisher is a terrible owner. You do not want him or his franchise here. The people in Oakland have suffered long enough with him as the owner. You don't want that in Vegas. If anything, you want an expansion team. People can get behind an expansion team. They'll vote for and pay for a stadium for an expansion team. That would be Vegas's team. They do not want the A's because that team isn't going to come here and provide anything for the community. The WNBA, WNBA Snapshot brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. It makes all the sense in the world that Vegas would not just want somebody else's team. They want to be born from themselves as they continue to create that identity. And, you know... It was amazing to me. I was only out there for a few days around it, but it is amazing what that feeling is around the nights each and every year. I just wonder if the Raiders could ever get there.
This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.